Genesis chapter 37, and I'd just like to read here uh, verses 2 and verse number 3. And as we begin looking at this portion of Scripture, we're continuing our series on forgiven. And I'm going to apologize before we begin. And I'm not apologizing for what I'm going to say or for what I've ever said from the pulpit. I'm going to apologize because we've got to cover a lot of material. And may kind of lift, either go fly through some of this. I'm very excited to just share this, this message, but we've got to get to a certain point. And so I will apologize ahead of time if we go a little bit fast. But it's a tremendous story to understand and application as we get to this for forgiven. Genesis 37, verse 1, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, remember that, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bela and with the sons of uh, Zephlah and the father's wives, and Joseph uh, brought unto his father their evil report. And now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Let's just look to the Lord in word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you. Again, for Lord Jesus Christ and all that he means to us, and we just pray, God, for all that we have in him. And God, just help us to understand these verses and apply it in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to remind you what we talked about last week, which is an illustration of forgiveness. Here you have the issue. Remember, we told you, it's either through emotions or biblical knowledge. That's not forgiving. Because the idea is that person is going through emotions rather than biblical knowledge. Forgiveness is right here. It's dealing with biblical knowledge and understanding. It's kind of like the story where there are two individuals who make a male or female who are fighting, and one of them gets a bad report, bad diagnosis, and he understands, well, maybe I need to talk to this person I'm upset with, I'm going to ask for forgiveness, and they do, and they make up, and then the man says, but if I don't die and my health gets better, this forgiveness is off. That's why people look at this. Forgiving is understanding the biblical knowledge, and we looked at the verse of Scripture, Ephesians 4.32, Colossians 3.12-14, and 2 Corinthians 2.5-11. Here's some biblical examples of forgiveness. We're going to begin with Joseph, because this is truly, when we get, and like I said, I'm going to apologize, because we've got to fly through this. You, you know, Joseph, you want to outline his life, pit, right, prison, palace, Joseph was not the firstborn son of Jacob. Who was the firstborn son of Jacob? Reuben. Isn't it interesting? 37-2. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old. Remember that age. His name appears first. He's not the firstborn. He's the firstborn through Rachel, but he is not the firstborn son. At some point in time, we know and understand that Jacob made Joseph a coat of many colors, and that's going to further make his brethren envious. His brothers hated him, and they were envious of him because of the coat and because of his dreams. Joseph had these dreams that are recorded in Scripture, and the issue was that the 11 sheaves made obeisance to Joseph's, and then the sun, the moon, and 11 stars made obeisance to Joseph. The brethren absolutely hated him. Acts chapter 7, verse number 9 tells us they were envious of him. And that's what will drive them to sell him into slavery. And as you read this portion of scripture, and as you continue reading down in Genesis 37, you will find out that initially the hatred was, they, they, were, they were plotting to actually to kill him. 
because they thought that's why, you know, this, this guy dreamed these dreams about the 11 sheaves bowing down to him. We know who he is speaking of. We'll make sure that doesn't happen. We'll just knock him off. And we're not going to go through, you know, which brothers were doing this and which brothers were trying to. But instead, they threw him in a pit. And then ultimately, ultimately they sold him into slavery to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. Joseph then was brought into Egypt, and then his brothers dipped the coat of many colors in and with the blood of a goat. Seemingly, the coat is still in one piece, and so when they, br they bring that coat to the, his dad, to Jacob, they didn't lie to him, but they allowed him to assume that Joseph was dead. Even though the coat was not destroyed, but there was blood on it. And so they led him to believe. And isn't it interesting? Didn't Jacob deceive Esau? And does anyone know what the meaning of Jacob's name is? Usurper, deceiver. The deceiver was deceived. He, he deceived, and now he was deceived by his sons. And they led him to think that Joseph had been killed, and they, he saw the coat of many colors, and he saw the blood, and he didn't do a DNA analysis and find out it wasn't human blood, right? They didn't have that back then. He assumed, even though the, the coat seemingly was one piece, he assumed that it was meant and was the issue that his son was dead, and he, as you read here in uh, Scripture dealing with this, look uh, to Genesis 37 beginning in verse number 33. So they don't lie to him, but they allow him to believe that he indeed is dead, even though they know the truth that they had sold him. They thought, we got rid of this guy. Once for all, we'll sell him to the Ishmaelites, and we'll be done with him. And those dreams that he has will never, ever come to pass. Verse 33, and he knew it, and he said, it's my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt, rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins, that's mourning, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. He said, for I will go down into the grave under my son, uh, I will go down in the grave under my son's mourning. Thus the father wept for him, and the grave there is Sheol. It's not a physical grave, it's Sheol. It's the Hebrew word sheol equal to the New Testament word of, of Hades, and that's what he is talking about. But Joseph, if you continue the story of Joseph, it goes over into the 39th chapter. He is brought into Egypt. And Potiphar, who is in Pharaoh's court, is now going to buy and did buy, buy Joseph from the Ishmaelites. And this one Potiphar recognizes. Look here to Genesis chapter 39. Beginning in verse 1, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And the master is even going to recognize this when you drop down to verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So this, this e e Egyptian Gentile recognizes that God is, God is with this person and that the Lord truly has blessed him. 
And then, of course, we know what happens. There, there, there's a lie. Potiphar's wife wants something from Joseph, something immoral. Joseph does, is not going to go there. What a contrast. We don't have time to share this. But what a contrast between Joseph and what he's going to do, and he, he's going to run, versus his brothers Reuben and Judah. And, of course, she then lies. She screams out and tries to say that he was attacking her. And what happens to Joseph? He is going to be imprisoned. But God is with him, right? God is with him. God, God blesses him. And while he is in prison, he interprets a dream of the chief butler and of the chief baker, right? And the, dream, the dreams are absolutely accurate, the interpretation of the dream. No, no one could interpret the dreams, but Joseph is there. And Joseph tells him what it means, that in three days, Chief Butler, your, your, your life is going to be restored. And then the chief baker says, well, here's what I dreamed. And he said, well, I hate to tell you this, but in three days, your life is going to be taken. And it was fulfilled that he died, and they hung him. And of course, Joseph had told the, the butler, hey, when you get out, because your life will be, remember, remember me, tell someone about me. Of course, he doesn't. And you'll find out that a period of two years, two more years, re remember, all this began in Genesis 37, when he was how old? 17. Don't forget 17. Because we will show you. And that's why, like I said, we're kind of rushing to this, and I, I apologize. Right? Thank you. I heard someone, could see someone say, it's okay, good. Because we want to get to the point, and you'll see how this, how this does tie in. And this is a clear example of biblical forgiveness. But the chief butler, getting back to being Joseph being in prison, the chief butler doesn't tell anyone about Joseph and how he accurately interpreted the dreams of himself and the baker. Two years then transpire. Two years. Two more years. But Joseph is in a place that he doesn't, really shouldn't be. He's there because of what his brothers did to him. And two years transpire from fulfilling those dreams until Pharaoh has a dream. And Pharaoh has a dream. It's a powerful dream. And he turns to the Egyptians. He turns to someone who in Egypt should be able to interpret a dream. And they have no clue what it means. And then the chief butler remembers. Well, I, I, I do remember, and he told them about Joseph. And the chief butler then remembers this, and then he calls, and Joseph is then going to be summoned from the prison to interpret Pharaoh's dream. And so he's going to come, and he's going to tell them what this dream is, and you can read about the dream. And he's going to tell them what the, what the meaning of the dream is, and he's going to tell them. The interpretation of the dream. You had two dreams. The first one is you're going to have seven years of plenty. And then you're going to be hit by seven years of what? Famine. So the idea then is you, you better be prepared for the seven years of famine. You don't give everything away, right? You have plenty. What are you going to do with it? You're going to store it. You're going to put it in reserves so that when the famine hits, you have food. 
And what happens as a result that he gives them the interpretation? What, what happens to Joseph? He, he, he's, he, he, just, he, went, he went from the pit, from, the, from a prison, to authority over, in, in fact, look at uh, Genesis chapter 41, verse 55. That's getting a little bit ahead, but notice this to show you the power that Joseph's going to receive. So think about it. Remember 17, remember 2, remember 7 years of plenty. And if there are seven years of plenty and everyone has food, not going to hear much about Joseph, right? Other than he's in charge and he's storing up food because when the famine hits and it's going to hit, and they know it's going to hit, they're going to be ready. Genesis 41, 55. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians... This is powerful, isn't it? Interesting. Unto all the Egyptians, go where? Go to Joseph. What he, what he says to you, do. Whatever he says, you do. So after the seven years of famine, or excuse me, after the seven years of plenty, it's going to be followed by what? Seven years of famine. So the, you come through the seven years, it's plenty, everyone's doing well. We now hit the famine period, right? And, what, and it, the famine is going to be that, what's going to happen? Following the seven years of plenty, the famine hits, and Joseph and his ten brothers, minus Benjamin, are going to travel to Egypt to buy corn because of the famine. And you know that when they first come, they have no clue who this guy is. Because we'll tell you Remember, seven, 17, 2, 7, we, we, will, we will show you the amount of years that have transpired. And then the power of forgiveness. And this isn't even based on, and, and in fact, we'll show you in a moment, the first time that you see the word forgive in the Bible, it's found in the book of Genesis, and we'll show you the context. And isn't it interesting how the book of Genesis begins? How does the book of Genesis begin? Well, it's not hard. It's a book of beginnings. How does Genesis begin? Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, what? God created. I'm going to show you how, how the book of Genesis ends, and I know people are not. How does it end? Let's go over to Genesis chapter 50, and you know, we're going to find, well, you'll find out in a few moments, how it ends. But we know what happens. There are seven years of famine, and in the second year, the second of the seven years, the brothers now come down to Egypt to buy corn because the famine's affecting them. We're not going to go through this point. He doesn't initially do it right away. When they come, he doesn't say right away, hey, guys, guess who I am? It's not what he does. He asks them about the father. And Benjamin's not with him, and he wants, Benjamin is, remember, and we've done a study on this in times past, the 12 tribes of Israel. It's an interesting study. You've got Leah, you've got Rachel, you have the two concubines, you have the 12. But when you're talking about a land inheritance, the Levites can't receive a land inheritance, and then you'll start seeing Joseph's son's name. It's, it's an interesting, powerful study. We've talked about this. So, so when, when they come down, 
He doesn't reveal himself right away. They have no clue. And in fact, we could show you that that dream that he had about the 11 sheaves making obeisance to him, it's, it's fulfilled all the way through. We, we, I could give you the verses of scripture that show the occurrences and the fulfillment. But eventually, eventually he's going to tell them. Remember the first time they come minus ben- Benjamin? They're going, to fill his, they're going to fill the corn in the sacks and put the money back. And then he, want, he wants to get more. He wants Benjamin. He, well, actually what he does is then he takes the one, he takes Simeon as a, a hostage, you want to say. And then eventually, and Jacob is like, oh, no, I lost Joseph. I can't lose someone else. Why do they want Benjamin? Why do you talk to him? Why? Because he kept asking. And they didn't understand who he was. Eventually, Benjamin's going to come down, and eventually he's going to reveal himself to them, and he's going to say, it's me, guys. I'm second in charge now of Egypt, and I'm your brother. And what should their, rea- what should their reaction might have been? Uh-oh. <laughs> right? Look, look, we did this to you, and now look, look what's going on. And eventually he makes himself known. And then when you come over here to Genesis chapter 50, this is what we wanted to get to. Look at Genesis chapter 50, verse number 15. And eventually he's going to get permission to bring his family down. And and Jacob will find out that he was not dead, that the brothers had sold him to slavery. And eventually then Jacob... And remember, Jacob's name was changed to Israel, dies. And look at Genesis chapter 50, verse number 15. Jacob dies. And now the brothers figure, well, maybe he didn't do anything because the dad was alive. Now Jacob gone. We're, we might be in a little bit of trouble here. Notice beginning in verse 50, 15. Genesis 50, verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will pre-adventure hate us and will certainly requite us with all the evil which he, he's, it's payback time. Now with the dad not there, he might then turn to us and pay back evil for evil. So they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, the father did command before he died saying, and did the father ever say this? It's never recorded obviously in the scripture. So shall you say to Joseph, what's the first word there? Forgive. That's the first occurrence of the word forgive in the Bible. So you shall say to Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin for all that they did unto unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of God of the Father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also wept and fell down before his face, remember the dreams, and and said, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. How is Joseph going to react to that? He has has power. And he's going to react, obviously, in one of love and forgiveness and biblical understanding. Look what what Joseph says. And Joseph said to them, 
Fear not, for I, for am I in the place of God? Yeah, you're in the place of God. But as for you, you thought evil against me. You, you wanted to kill me. You, you wanted to sell me into slavery. You did it for evil. But God meant it unto what? Good. To bring to pass as it is this day to what? To save much people alive. Because we understand. Why? Because Joseph was there to be able to interpret the dream. And because of God's ability that he gave to Joseph to interpret Pharaoh's dream, when the seven years of famine hit, what did they have? They had food. And he could save people, not only just saving anyone, what's going to eventually happen? It's dealing with what? It's dealing with the nation of Israel. See, this to me is, that's why I wanted to get to this. You know, you have all these other things. You can spend weeks. So that's why I said Please forgive me for going so fast. But I wanted to get to this point. Because when you understand and you, and you think about the fact, and this is what, this, this is what Joseph, this, this is Joseph, if he went through human emotions, what should he have done? He, he could have recompensed evil to evil. You sold me into prison. I, you sold me as a slave. I became a slave. I became a prisoner because of you. I'm going to follow the same thing. With, that's not what he did. And unfortunately, there's people today who I think do that and they are guided by their emotions. It's, it's, through biblical, it's through biblical knowledge. Look at the timeline of Joseph. How old was he in Genesis chapter 37? 17 years old. How old do you think he's going to be when all this is said and done and he finally reveals himself? Well, we'll give you the timeline. According to Genesis 41:46. He's 30 years old. If you want to go back there real quickly to Genesis 41, 46. Genesis 41, 46. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. He's 30 years old. So 13 years transpired. But then you've got to add what? You've got to add another seven years, Right? doesn't end there because he doesn't reveal himself to his brothers because you've got to add another seven years because that's the seven years of plenty, right? But he doesn't reveal himself right then. Then you've got to add another two years to that. So when you add this up, how old is he? Approximately 22 years. Do you understand? 22, 22 years have transpired. Fo- following the, the timeline of Joseph, following the timeline of him being sold into slavery to him first revealing himself to his brothers two years into the famine, approximately 22 years have absolutely transpired, which would make him 39 years old. So when you go back to Genesis chapter 50, and he says, you meant all this for evil, but God meant it for good. I'm not going to... I'm not going to punish you. You didn't even have to make up that story about saying that our dad feared and, you know, we went through the messenger saying that if, you know, anything happens to me that you need to forgive your brothers. He had already forgiven them because he, he had the biblical understanding and knowledge that the God had placed this in for a reason. But even beyond that, he still could have chose human emotions. 
He chose that instead, and what does he choose? He chooses the path of what? Love and forgiveness and biblical understanding. And if you want to see something, look, look at the end of Genesis. I should have made this as a spiritual question. The book of Genesis begins. We call the book of Genesis the book of beginnings, right? It begins with God creating the heaven and earth. Look at how it ends. Verse 26, and Joseph died being 110 years old, and those are literal 110 years. Those aren't months or weeks or something else that liberals want to talk about. Methuselah was 969. Joseph being 110 years old, he died. And they embalmed him and put him in a coffin in Egypt. Death. The reality is, it's Genesis chapter 5. This person begot this person, and they died, and they died, and this person died, and they died. But here is a statement of, you want to see a statement of faith? Read verse 25 and cross-reference it, because Joseph is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of faith, isn't he not? And Joseph took an oath to the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you will carry up my bones from hence. And you say, well, that's really... How is that a statement of faith? Don't you see? He's embalmed, he's buried in Egypt, but he knows what? He knows that God is going to visit Israel and call them out of Egypt. And he is saying is when that happens, don't leave me behind. I want my bones to go into my father. I want to go back home. Read, read Hebrews chapter 11. He's, he's the great hall of faith. And, that, and that's and it's, it's, it, maybe for some it's a peculiar statement, but that, that is a tremendous statement of faith because he believes God. He believes and understands that what? Israel is not going to be in Egypt forever. And they're going to be called to their homeland, the land that God promised Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob. That's a statement of faith. But he could forgive and, and just you know, you think of the spiritual application. You go back to the grace commands, the exhortations that we studied in Ephesians 4, 30, 31, and 32, and Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. And what does 2 Corinthians 2, 5 to 11 says? We need to forgive each other unless what? Satan get an advantage of us. And you think about that model with that individual. I threw that person in this week, that stick. And showing the arrow going either through emotion. It's either going to go through emotion or biblical understanding or biblical knowledge. And we should be guided by what? Biblical knowledge. Joseph forgave. Joseph showed love and forgiveness to his brothers. And that's what we need to do. Forgiveness that we should have. And, if, and not like the individual that I shared that little story where the person said, I'll forgive you, but if my health gets better and I survive this, you know, this, this scare and this diagnosis, our forgiveness is off. Well, that's a conditional forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 4, you know the verse of Scripture, but go back to Ephesians chapter 4. And we talked about God's forgiveness. And you think about how the book of Genesis begins and how the book of Genesis ends and, and reality is. And if you think about the book of Job, Job has some questions. How, how is it possible that a man who is born of a woman be clean? How can he be justified before God? And he has no answers. 
Folks, you holding on to a Bible have the absolute answer of God, right? We're justified by faith alone through the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world to die on the cross and forgive us of all of our sins. And because he has forgiven us all of our sins, we should have that loving heart and forgiveness within ourselves. Ephesians 4.31 says, And let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another. One to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Is the forgiveness of Joseph to his Ten brothers, powerful? Now, you could, you could, is, is the forgiveness of Joseph towards his brothers that caused him 22 years, 22 years, things might have been different, right? But, but God's will was fulfilled. Was that powerful? You can say a little bit, yes. But you know something? as powerful as it was and as powerful as Joseph's example of forgiveness is, it wasn't based on the cross, was it? It wasn't based on the cross. It wasn't based, this verse of scripture is saying, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. He did it because he knew he was supposed to do it because God meant it for good. We should do it because God has forgiven us of all, absolutely all, of our sins.